Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. Well, how are you holding up <laughs> the frigid, frigid cold temperatures? Have you thawed yet? <laughs> oh boy, I had a, I had a car, I had a car breakdown yesterday. <gasps> Oh no! In the cold. Oh, oh boy! And it was Sorry. it was rough. I was really grateful though that I was not. It was I was stranded in front of a, a pot belly sandwich shop. <laughs> and that's a good place to okay. be stranded. No joke. No joke. So I was I was had to run a couple of errands, and so I was going to pick up some sandwiches on my way home for the kids. And literally, I'd been driving for you know a, an hour or two uh, doing some errands. Sure. With no issue, I went into Potbelly for maybe three minutes, came back out, and my car would not start. Oh, that's horrible. Would not start. And so I did the roadside assistance thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's nice. You got that. And so that takes hours. So it's Uh because of the temperatures. Yeah, the temperatures are like that. So I'm like, well, I'm going to sit in my car for a little bit. And then I went into the pot belly to warm up, and they were so gracious. This, the woman who was working there, she let me charge my phone. She felt bad for me. She gave me a free cookie. Oh, oh good. Aww. She's like, you want a cookie or some chips? I was like, you know what? Yeah, I, I like do. I need a cookie. A cookie yes, would be I great do. Right <laughs> but I want to give a shout out to those of you who are working out in this yeah. weather. A yeah. young gentleman came and uh, on the third or fourth attempt was able to get my car going. I was so grateful. His he had he didn't even have gloves on, and he was doing the little hookups, oh. you know, with oh, wow. the jumper cables. And oh, I was never so grateful to hear that thing get going again, so that I could get on my way. But I want to give a, a little uh, call out. If you have been working out in these frigid temperatures, or will be today, yeah. give us a call. I want to give a, a couple prize packs away to those of you who are out in the elements. So if that's you, if you have been working or maybe are going to be working out, t- working today out in the cold, your job requires it, give us a call. Tell us what you're doing and why, and you'll get a Carlin Crew prize pack. <laughs> 312-274-9624. Working out in the cold, you deserve more than a cookie. How about a prize pack? 312-274-9624. Good Tuesday morning here. This is Carlin Crew. No energy? No problem. We have all the energy you need and more. You're listening to Carlin Crew Mornings. Good morning to you. I asked you to call in if you are working out in the elements over the last couple days. If your job requires you to be outside, Give us a call. I want to hear what you're doing. I want to give you a prize pack. Let's go to Lily, first-time caller from Chicago. Lily, hats off to you. You are doing what out in the cold? Um, Delivering packages for Amazon Flex. Yes. Okay. How has it been coming in and out of the truck or the car, dealing with the temperatures? How have you been managing? Um, Layering it up. (laughs) It's it's very cold, frigid. Super cold. Lily, first-time caller from Chicago, delivering those packages. Thank you so much. You are getting a Carlin Crew prize pack. Really appreciate it. I know I I put in uh, orders, and I haven't stopped putting in orders. You know, no, with, I've been and doing they, the same. You know, and, they, and they continue to show up, thanks to Lily appreciate and uh, others who are out delivering. Yeah. What about you? Let's go to Jonathan from Hillside. Jonathan, thank you for working out in the cold. Tell us what you've been doing. Um, Just... I go outside and I gather the carts, and sometimes they want us to sort the sidewalk, too. Oh, shopping carts? Yeah. Yep. 
Jonathan, thank you so much from Hillside. Appreciate you. How have you been managing with the cold? What have you been doing? Extra layers? Hand warmers? Estelayos. Um, bring some hot stuff with me to drink. Yeah, that helps. <laughs> Jonathan, you're getting a Carlin Crew prize good, pack. Good. Uh, thank you. I think we'll take uh, one more here. Let's go to, do we have, nope, we'll wait on that Not one. Still getting them put through. Working out in the cold. It's too much, man. I was out there for like, at my my biggest trial for the last two days was getting my dog to go to the bathroom oh, outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I couldn't imagine working out there. It's Pets horrible. are struggling oh. Oh, on, yeah. the, on the sidewalk, those little paws oh, feeling yeah. that yeah. temperature. Yeah, keep your pets warm. I mean, that's I'm not. I had to get boots. Did you get booties yeah. for your for your dog? Yeah, he wouldn't Good. he wouldn't go to the bathroom. Otherwise, we said, well, we probably we, we need that to happen. So I think boots is probably the next step yeah. for him. And My yeah, goodness. it worked. Does he have a coat or not yet? No, no, no. But his fur is pretty thick. So yeah, he's it fun. is. I it love is. I love to see the little dog clothes. Those are pretty cute. <laughs> Brian from Elgin. Brian, tell us what you've been doing out in the cold. Oh, I've been just fixing people's heat. I do commercial oh. HVAC. Yeah. Thank you. We yeah, had the roof all day yesterday. <laughs> oh, I bet. Have you been getting lots of calls with people's furnaces going out? Yeah, a lot of businesses, people aren't even coming in because, you know, it's like 44 or 48 or something in there, and they just don't want to deal with it. So they just shut down, and then we go over there and fix them up. Yeah. Thank you so much, Brian. Yeah. Absolutely a necessity this time of year. Keep those furnaces up and running. Brian, prize pack for you from Elgin. Boy, oh boy, grateful for the people who continue Thank you. to oh, yeah. show up. Man, it, it definitely be safe out there. I echo all of the warnings you've already been hearing. This cold is no joke. Hey, coming up, we've got one of our favorites here on Carlin Crew. Her name is Susie Larson. I want you to consider this. I want you to think about the posture that you take going through life. I don't mean like your actual posture. Do you stand up straight? <laughs> Do you walk into a room with your shoulders back? But do you live kind of bracing for impact uh, coming up our guest said she didn't even realize how much she was bracing herself for that next big thing that might go wrong that other shoe to drop the impact of living like that is more than you might think coming up Susie Larson your spiritual pit stop to keep you going in the race we're Carlin crew mornings well if you've ever been on an airplane encountered a little bit of turbulence you're never so happy as to when you get that plane back on the ground but funny thing happens though you can find yourself if you've gone through a little bit of a rough air and then as the plane starts to descend you tense up a little bit as you wait for those wheels to hit the ground you find yourself bracing for impact our guest today says we can live a lot of life like that instead of Looking for the goodness of God instead of expecting wonderful, joyful things. We can live life bracing for impact. Susie Larson with us right now, best-selling author and national speaker. Describe what this looked like for you in your life, living bracing for impact. Yeah, that was really a revelation for me, not realizing that that was sort of built in and baked in. And I've been on the show plenty of times enough to know some of your listeners know of my three decade long battle with the Lyme disease and the unpredictability of it. But when I had a, a major relapse about eight years ago, it was so terrifying and so disheartening 
that I didn't even realize I'd developed that posture just waiting for the next shoe to drop because I didn't know when I was going to be blindsided by a next surge of symptoms. And a very wise, discerning friend just lovingly kind of pulled me aside and said, you've developed a posture of bracing for impact. And I thought it was just sort of the natural reaction of an unpredictable disease. Mm. But when she said that, you know, it's such a gift to have friends who dare to speak loving truth into your heart. It quickened within me. And so I asked the Lord about it. And he showed me as I just sat with him that underneath that, just locking my elbows and kind of bracing was a mistrust of God. In fact, I dug a little deeper and Ali, I I was hurt by him. I was disappointed actually that He allowed what he'd had. And when I started to dig into just what was going on beneath the surface and here, you know, I'm I'm a live radio host. I write books. I take serious my walk with God. I spend good time with him every morning. I was still worshiping in the word. But buried beneath my soul was this hurt, this disappointment, and a mistrust that I have to endure everything I fear. And uh, when I started to dig a little deeper, and the same friend said to me, Susie, when you look over your shoulder, when you think about God, unless your default thought is of God, only goodness or mercy follow me all the days of my life, and I dwell in this house forever. If you think anything other than that, something in you needs healing. Something in your thinking is out of alignment. Wow. And that's when I took the charge to go, I've got some inventory to do. I've got some work to do. And I started to dig a little bit deeper. And you don't default to positions of faith, hope, and love, and especially if you've been battered by the storms, you know, especially if you've been through a lot of life turbulence, as you're talking about, it's a natural physiological response to lock elbows to brace for impact. But when you dig a little bit deeper, you really see that the enemy is constantly building a case against God, Hmm. constantly getting us to accuse God of things that he's actually guilty of. And our bodies won't heal. Our souls won't be restored unless we put God in his proper place. And you have to practice, truly practice thoughts of his goodness. You have to imprint his loving kindness on your heart so that when the enemy comes poking at you, trying to stir up situations to make you afraid, your default response is, I've thought so much about the goodness of God. I don't love this storm, but I know my God and he's God over the storm. He's the Lord over the flood and I will get safely through the other side. And and that's why I wrote this book, Waking Up to the Goodness of God. It's a 40 day journey to retrain your heart and mind, to look towards and to anticipate the goodness of God in a world really that's gone mad and a world that needs healing. And yet we can't impart what we don't possess. So we all, I think, need some time to take some inventory of our souls and to let God speak to us about some of our default instinctive reactions to hardship. You know, I love that you talked about this sort of default position that what, you know, there was a a famous quote that the most important thing about you is what you think about God. As as Christians, we've maybe taken in a lot of the word. We've listened to a lot of sermons, a lot of radio shows like this. and, And yet we can still live with a lot of fear, a a lot of disappointment, a lot of hurt, a lot of rejection. What are some of those first steps that you want to take the reader through in retraining our heart and our mind? You know, really being honest about those things. I talk about leaving these unresolved kind of loops in our hearts and minds, parts of our story that still linger, you know, uh, insecurities and fears that remain unchallenged within us. So we've got to spend a little bit of time being honest about some of those things, the lies we picked up when life let us down. And, you know, I've really been interested in the Israelites because, you know, I just I feel like in some ways we've been exiled into a Babylonian culture. And I want to learn from some of their mistakes. And I found a gem 
uh, Psalm 106, verse 7 in the Amplified Version. And it was three mistakes they made that I think, think if we can do these things, it would put us on the path of healing and even a revival and awakening in our hearts. But it says what they didn't do. The first thing they didn't do was they did not remember or appreciate the significance of God's miracles. And this is a generation of Israelites who were emancipated out of slavery. I mean, they cried out to God, rescue us. You know, God mobilized Moses. It says not a feeble one was among them. There's no way, there's no physical way. As a former fitness professional, I'm telling you, with the backbreaking slave labor, I researched the kind of slave labor that they were under. It was brutal. It was oppressive. There's no way they could be leaving Egypt without a feeble one among them. There were herniated discs, plantar fasciitis, there were parasites, (laughs) there were colon problems, I'm telling you. And yet I believe God healed them because as the angel of death passed through the land of Egypt, they were under the blood in their homes. Remember that? My own belief is that God healed them because there's no explanation how they could leave Egypt with not a feeble one among them. Bible also says they were loaded down with the riches of the Egyptians. How did that turn of events happen? All that to say God set them up for success. But the first generation never made it into the promised land. If you jump over to Hebrews, it says the promise didn't benefit them because it wasn't met by faith. Mm. So they cried out to God. They groaned. They complained. They grumbled, whatever. He answered their prayer. But when the answer came, it didn't benefit them because it wasn't met by faith. So even though they had a front row seat of all these miracles, it didn't go in to say, we serve a miracle working God. I mean, even Rahab, who was part of of the enemy crowd, you know, and the spies came to her house. She said, I know God's with you. And she referenced a miracle that likely happened before she was born. So that miracle was enough for her, someone who wasn't a part of God's chosen people. And so we have to remember, if we're in between miracles, that he's the same God. And maybe you need to reach into your history of a time that God moved and bring it to the forefront of your mind to say, he is a miracle working God. Or maybe you reach into scripture to say, you know what, he's the same God. But that's one thing, mistake they made, is they just shrugged their shoulders, tossed aside, and forgot about his miracles, and continued that that baked-in grumbling, complaining, and whining. They never dealt with their hearts about that. The second thing they didn't do was they didn't marvel at his mercies. And i got to tell you, Allie, scripture says he doesn't punish us as our sins deserve. Scripture says that new mercies come to our door every morning. In other words, he sends us mercies before we even have a chance to blow it. He is so committed to getting us home that his mercies are amazing. I mean, you think about how many times have you spoken out of turn that you didn't get in trouble for. And I'm not saying sin doesn't matter, but I'm saying he doesn't punish us as our sins deserve. Right. That should keep us in perpetual awe. And finally, thirdly, they didn't imprint God's loving kindness on their heart. They were always accusing God of being against them, even though he was for them. So I think if we could practice those three things as we look at our story, kind of put it through the lens of his goodness, I'm telling you what, physiologically, when you start to believe God for who he is, things in you start to heal because you're wired for healing, you're wired for life, you're wired for hope, for faith, for love. But when you're in opposition, when there's a kingdom divided within you, when you're trying to receive from God while trying to protect yourself from God, you're out of sync and you won't find the wholeness, the redemption and restoration that your soul longs for. Wow. Susie Larson, our guest right now, the book is called Waking Up to the Goodness of God. It's a 40-day devotional. Coming up, uh, Susie, I'm going to ask you, uh, where are you at now with this? I know you've been very honest that this was a struggle for you, Bracing for Impact. As you've written the book and gone through it, walked it out yourself, uh, how does that look for you now? Coming up more with our guest, Susie Larson. 
discipleship to start your day. You're listening to Carlin Crew Mornings. Well, do you live life bracing for impact? Maybe the pain of what you've gone through, what's been done to you, what you've endured has left you a, a little bit shy about believing God for his goodness. And you live kind of waiting for the next shoe to drop. Susie Larson, our guest right now, as you've walked through these principles that you outline in this book, Waking Up to the Goodness of God, how has this transformed your own faith? I have applied these principles. That's why I'm so excited about this book, because I really went to the mat in my private life. And I started to just go, show me, Lord, show me my heart. Show me the lies I picked up when life let me down. And as I really, really applied myself, and this is not, I want to make it really clear. This is not formulaic faith. This isn't A plus B equals C. You do this, you can get God to jump through your hoops. It's not that at all. But it's applying biblical principles, you know, just saying, I'm believing God's principles are true. I'm believing he is who he says he is. My own husband, he said, I'm watching your physiology change. Wow. Because it's so bad for us to have this furrowed brow and to not trust God. Mm. I think it was Tozer, it was either Tozer or Spurgeon who said that quote that you referenced earlier. What comes to mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. He is our creator. He is our master. And when you start to kind of take a look at the layers in your life, one of the chapters in the book is strategically reject and accept that there are things we strategically need to reject because yet we let inferiority, fear, insecurity linger unchallenged. And then when you are in that place of your false identity, you don't see goodness when it comes. And so when God brings a gift like he did to the Israelites, it doesn't benefit you because you don't even see it or notice it for what it is. And so when we start to align our lives with what's absolutely true about God and about us, physiologically things change. I mean, even science apart from faith is now discerning that when you speak things over your life, it literally creates a chemical reaction in your body. So God is just saying, I'm wired you for love. I'm wired you for faith. I've wired you for hope. So when you position yourself on that path of agreement and alignment with what God says about you, things change. And so I will tell you, I'm more healed physically than I've ever been. I've still got a few neurological things I deal with, but I have a vitality and a strength that I've not ever had in my whole adult life. So I got Lyme's in my late 20s and I'm now 60, <laughs> but I can bike 20 miles without any problem. That's I, awesome. you know, I'm amazed at what God has done. So the little bit that's left, you know, I'm going to keep contending till he returns, but I'm so grateful for the healing that I've experienced. But even more important than the physical vitality is what I know about God, the intimacy I'm enjoying with him because I'm knowing him for who he is. And uh, when you think about scripture, Ellie, that says when we see him, we will be changed. We will be like him for we will see him as he is. Yes. That transformation, that day is coming. But if you can spend your days now getting to know him for who he is, you'll be changed even. You'll be transformed from the inside out. And that's the great invitation in a day uh, where the days are dark, but the light shines bright and the darkness will never extinguish it. Good word. Susie Larson, and best-selling author, national speaker. Uh, the book is called Waking Up to the Goodness of God, 40-Day Devotional that I'm personally looking forward to going through myself. You can go to SusieLarson.com, SusieLarson.com. Thank you, Susie. So appreciate you. Want to put faces to their names? Just follow Carl and Crew Mornings on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget, that's Carl with a K. Hey, Carl and Crew Mornings here. I posted this uh 
kind of a funky looking picture. Did you yes, see it? Super Die? I posted I did. this picture. My kids and I went to this Museum of Illusions oh, here in cool. Chicago. So the picture that I posted, I'll describe it to you if you haven't seen it. It appears that my daughter is doing a handstand. I am yes. standing upside down on the ceiling and my hmm. son is perched on a bench seat where he is not actually sitting on the top of the seat. It looks like he's kind of laying parallel to the floor. Interesting. So the it whole me thing, it, it, if you look it, at it long enough, it definitely makes your eyes go a little bit like, what is going on? So the whole thing obviously is, is it's the Museum of Illusions. So they have different rooms that you can visit. Sure, yeah. Kind of, you could create these sort of optical illusions based on, uh, the, it's like one of the rooms you walk in and the the floor is slanted and then the walls are kind of lined up to make it appear like when you're standing on the floor and slanted, yeah. you're at this weird diagonal because of the way the walls look. Oh, wow. So it looks like you're kind of doing this gravity bending lean that would not be possible in huh. real life. Okay. And there's all these little kind of quirky, honestly, after about 10 minutes, I felt extremely nauseous and yes. was like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> It was, I can imagine. It was so yeah. many things that yeah. make your kind of confuse the eye, confuse the brain. So the clue, though, in this one where I appear to be standing on the ceiling, the whole room is kind of turned upside down to make it look like you are. I love that. It really is. That's cool. fun. Check it out. Facebook and Instagram. I Would I it's recommend cool visiting photo. there? Only if you can really tolerate lots and lots of motion because everything looks like <laughs> It'll it's, make you sick. Okay. It, it did. It made me a little nauseous. So I was like, ah, I think about 10 minutes was all I could take. But definitely a fun Chicago place to check out. But our cool. theme this week is life upside down. So much <laughs> of what we are called to as Christ followers is kind of upside down with what the rest of the world is doing. We bend when the world goes this way. We're, let me give you a couple of examples and maybe you can think of some more to send my way. These are the ones that I thought of. You think about how we are called to love and not hate our enemies. We are called to look at the heart like God does, not at the outward appearance. The first are called to be last. The humble are exalted, not the proud. The foolish are the ones called wise. And today we're going to spend some time on this one. The weak are the ones celebrated for strength. Any other upside down sort of kingdom principles that you can think of? Text me. Text me. I would really genuinely love to hear what you've got on this one. But when you really start thinking about it, so many ways we're called to live are kind of upside down. What else can you come up with? 312-274-9624. Those upside down kingdom principles. 312-274-9624. New to the show? We're glad you're here. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Well, what are those upside down kingdom principles? They're everywhere in scripture. You start to really pay attention. Do you think of any team, any upside down kingdom principles come to mind for you? Anything that we're, the things that we're called to do, called to be, that are just totally opposite of what the world would celebrate. Or oh, dictate. yeah, sure. Well, I think, um, you know, the principle that Jesus says of if if someone strikes your cheek, turn the other one. Ooh, yes. You know, I mean, and that's not always a physical violence thing. It's a metaphor for anything. Mm-hmm. If, if someone 
does something to you, wrongs you in a way, it is not your responsibility to take vengeance yeah, upon them. That's a good one. Yeah. What do you got, Super Die? I, I just go to Jesus washing the feet, calling yeah. us yeah. to serve. Absolutely. Serve. Yeah. You know? The greatest among you, oh, the you, servant of yeah. all. Yeah. Yeah. What else? What do you think? Text us 312-274-9624. Just got this text message as 6266 says being born again. Yeah. <laughs> that well, in of itself is sort of an upside down yeah. Uh, yeah. A principle. This idea that we are, whether we are five or 55 or 105, we are called to be born again. That's kind of upside down. Where else are you called to do that? Coming up, where else are the weak, the weakest called strong? Only in scripture. We're going to, pretty cool. We're going to dive into 2 Corinthians coming up. Need a wake up call? We can help with that. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. If you spend any time on any kind of a social media platform, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, or one of the other ones, you know, there's a fair amount of boasting that goes on. It's sure. Subtle usually, but it's the picture of, you know, the the award that my kids won. And, yeah. You know, and I, I love seeing that stuff. But there's there's certain things that we tend to share, and it's usually the things that reflect things going well. Oh, yeah. Whatever. I mean, what looks the best? What looks the best? You get those Christmas cards or those Christmas end of the year updates, and usually families will have shared the the highlights of the year. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Things that have gone well, mm-hmm. things that have been accomplished, uh, promotions at work. Usually you don't get a letter or you don't see posts that say things like, hey, I just want to celebrate the fact that I got laid off from my job. <laughs> want to celebrate the fact that True. my kids are not doing well. Right. Yeah. In fact, I've got a child who is struggling with his grades, who's on the verge of of getting put out of school. I'd like to celebrate the fact that I just got diagnosed with this or this. You don't mm. really see that kind of stuff because those are the kind of things that we sort of keep close to the chest. Oh, right? yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And even, I mean, even taking out the word celebrating, it's just acknowledging the fact that they're happening you know, doesn't happen a lot. And I'm not saying social media is the place for that. But I mean, in our private lives, too, it's hard to acknowledge the things that are difficult. It's like keeping them guarded. Yeah, we keep it guarded. Why? Mm -hmm. Because we are constantly in many, many ways encouraged to display our strength. Yeah. Yeah. To let the world see the areas where we are strong, Mm -hmm. where we're gifted, where we are talented, where we can put our best foot, our best face forward. Well, when you look at the kingdom principle, weakness is actually the best place where strength can be displayed. We go to Second Corinthians. Now, Paul, Paul got to see and do a lot of really incredible things. Yeah, and he knew that. He's very honest about if we're going to be boasting about cool stuff that's happening in the kingdom. I got some stuff that I could boast about. Amen. He's yeah, very he honest about that. Incredible revelation, incredible transformation. There were so many things that he got to see that were unlike what most other people ever got to experience. He had a unique Christ. and special vantage point for sure. But he didn't really want to focus on that. And I want to read to you, this is out of 2 Corinthians 12, uh, starting with uh, verse 8. He He's 
gone on to say about the he talks about a man who was caught up to the third heaven who got to see these things. He kind of he's talking about himself, but he does it in the third person yes. yeah. to yeah. kind of be a little <laughs> yeah. bit more humble. <laughs> like I'm so uh, there. Let's just say there was this guy, a friend of mine. <laughs> right. It's kind of this funny sort of I'm not going to say that this happened to me, but really this happened to me. But then he talks about this thorn in the flesh that he's been given and commentators uh, there's some variants as to what this actually is, but many people land on this being some physical ailment that he had to deal with. And so he says, and this is 2 Corinthians 12, 8, three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me, this thorn in the flesh. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. How often do you look at your life and say, where I am weak, when I am weak, then I'm strong. Because this weakness, this thing that I see, this hardship, this diagnosis, this calamity, this tragedy, this trial that I'm enduring is actually the perfect platform for God's strength to be revealed. This is a really, really hard one to live out. I'm not going to even sugarcoat that for you. This is a one that I struggle with because the areas where I'm weak, I just want God to fix it so that I can feel strong again. Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, you're right. But here's the place that I really want us to get to is that our weakness, the things that we feel like are our biggest struggles, our biggest, um, the things that slow us down, maybe the things that bring us to tears are actually the very place where the power of Christ can rest on us and the world can see that it's not our strength that's put on display, but his have you seen that to be true in your own life, that when you're weak, he's strong? Go to 2 Corinthians today if you're feeling kind of weak. You might see something you haven't seen before. Giving hope directly from the source. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. What weakness in your life has God used to show his strength? When I'm, by weakness, I mean what area of your life that the world would see as weak? What hardship, what calamity, uh, what trial, what difficult circumstance where you feel weak. You're not going to lie. You feel weak here, but God has actually used that to show his strength. 312-274-9624. Super die. What do you think? What do you think on this one? Boy, that's so hard because again, it's one of those things where we talked about <clears throat> your area of weakness in your life. You want to keep so guarded. I know. I so know. the thing is to say, well, this is where I'm weak, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but in reality, people already know, or at least people close to you probably already know or have a hint to it as well. Yeah. Or if they love you, you know, in, in some way or shape or form, you've already gotten that. I mean, I know one of my very much one of my weaknesses sometimes can be patience. Yeah. And sort of patience, lack of patience with the wrong people, meaning people that I love the most and I'm closest to, I tend to maybe overexpect. Mm. So my patience 
tends to be thinner. And I, I know that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, but it, it it just does, and I have to be really careful with that. Yeah, and to to be to back off and go, no, you know what I'm saying, and and who they are, and what they are, and what God's doing in that relationship and in that situation. Be patient. Let God work in the relationship. Don't try to take it over. Don't try to fix it. Don't fix them. You can't do that. Yeah. Focus on yourself. Yeah. And that's where I'm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> let God work. Yeah, let God be God. Yeah. Young Thunder, what what area of your life? Share as much as you can. Sure. We, we we have to be measured here sometimes. We can't share everything, but we yeah. try to share what we can. But Absolutely. what area, what weakness in your life has God used to show his strength? I think it would probably be anger for me. Okay. Uh, anger is something that I struggle with. You know, I... I can, for the most part, put a good, like, you know, if you saw me on the street, you wouldn't be like, oh, that guy gets angry sometimes. But I think everybody gets angry sometimes. And for me specifically, that one's hard to hard to get away from. And I think that God's strength is seen in it because I know I can't fix it on my own. I I have, whenever I've tried, I've been so unable, yeah. you know, so weak, so inefficient in fixing anger. So whenever I, I don't get angry about something, whenever I take a breath and I think I know that's God's strength in me and I can glorify him because I, I can look back and say, well, look at all the times I tried to fix it and it didn't work. Yeah. So God's strength is glorified through my weakness there because he's, he's working in me. Okay. So Paul Anderson, you probably never heard of him, right? No, not at all. Okay, so Paul Anderson is one of the strongest men to ever live. Really? Oh. Yes. Now he okay. doesn't have like he does doesn't he didn't compete in the strongman competition or anything. He actually was just this kind of regular guy who hmm. possessed this kind of superhuman level strength. Cool. So okay. he clean and jerk. 440 pounds <gasps> wow. back squat, 400, no, 930 pound back squat. <sighs> that bends the bar. Oh, yeah. 6,270 pound back lift. <gasps> 6,000 wow. pound back lift. So he just was sort of this regular guy. I mean, he played some football, but nobody really realized how strong he was. This Get him, Paul. A world renowned weightlifter. He tells the story of first meeting this. Guy at 19 years old, he walks into the weight room, no warm up, no stretching, and he squats 550 pounds. <laughs> okay. Just sure. in his regular shoes. That's his stretching. Just, and that was almost a world wow. record, and he did it twice. <laughs> okay, Paul then. Anderson, That's one awesome. of the strongest men in the world. Have you ever watched any of those strongman competitions? Yes. Oh, yeah, they're insane. Where people yeah. are pulling like trucks and. Oh, yeah. Flipping big tires. There's and- one guy who does it who's literally called the mountain because yeah. he is as big as a mountain. He's gigantic. Wow. And it's- they, yeah, they, and they, they lift those weights and again, you see the bars bending. Oh, like, yeah. Whoa. And they have these massive frames, like those mm-hmm. bodybuilder type frames where yeah. it's like the muscles are just like muscles on muscles. Muscles on muscles, yeah. And they're just popping out everywhere. <laughs> It's true. We're we're fascinated with that stuff, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's it is 
one of the great spectacles to behold is a spectacle of strength. Yes. we want, I mean, there are Olympic sports that celebrates strength. And this is not just physical strength. When you think about our culture in every other, in every way you can think of, celebrates the strong. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Being called strong is a real compliment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think about uh, like the Colosseum, you know, in ancient Rome. Yeah. Uh, where originally it was a punishment for people, uh, but audiences loved it so much that gladiators would go in and volunteer because they wanted to be seen as strong. Wow. They wanted to be the strongest of the strong. It became a volunteer sport rather than a punishment. Wow. We love displays of strength. But this week here on Carlin Crew, we're going to be talking about life upside down. These kingdom principles that you see all throughout scripture, where everything that you would expect, that the world would expect is turned upside down. So yes, the world celebrates strength, physical strength, emotional strength, the ability to do feats that nobody else has done. But in scripture, it's clear that it's not strength that's celebrated, but weakness. When's the last time you saw a weak man competition? (laughs) Haven't seen one of those. No. Helping you take the next step in your walk with Jesus. This is Carl and Crew Mornings. You know, when you look at your life, there are things that I know, if you're anything like me, you pray for God to change uh, areas of your life that feel like weaknesses, maybe challenges that you'd just like to be on the other side of, um, trial that you'd rather not face. But yet, we cannot deny the truth of Scripture that where we are weak, His power is made perfect. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, My grace is sufficient for you. These are him recounting the words of the Lord. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So Paul is content to boast of his weaknesses because that's where, if our weakness is where the power of Christ is put on display, then that's what we would want to share with the world, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because the temptation is to share where we feel strong. Mm -hmm. But honestly, does God get... The most glory, where we're obviously got some strength? No. And our strength is nothing. So I'm being, I mean, you get what I'm saying here. No, sure, yeah. (laughs) I'm not pretending that we've got any sort of real strength. But there are parts of our life that are more attractive, more well put together, uh, going well. The problem is God doesn't get the most glory from those areas. No. But if, and you you know this to be true because if you ever met somebody who was really going through hardship, had a difficult circumstance, but you could see God in it, you could see God strengthening them. And I've been more ministered to by that kind of strength than the person who like things are going really well and they're like, yes, God gets the glory, things are awesome. Yeah, there's that's great. You celebrate with them, but. When you're really going through it and what you're being sustained by is the strength of the Lord, there's something so powerful about that testimony. Mm-hmm. How have you seen this to be true in your own life, Jonathan? Yeah, yeah that's God's a good question. strength was put on display through something that the world might perceive as a weakness. Yeah, so for me, I think I saw that most in my dad. Mm. My dad, when I was 15 15 had open heart surgery 
um, because of some concerns there. And it had been a long road and it's been a long road from then until now. Uh, He's doing he's doing well health wise, but there were there was a lot of toughness to that. There was a lot of weakness in that, a lot of frustration, a lot of, you know, wondering why is this happening? Those types of things. But I can absolutely say that I've seen God move because of the things that he's done in my dad's life that through that weakness that I've seen my dad who, who is a pastor and was close to him grow so much closer to him that it, it's exciting to see. And it, 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 it's shown so personally in my life as a testimony in my own life, because I see that, that weakness, the, the weakness of the body, mm-hmm. the weakness of our physical limitations, uh, and, and things that, that do trip a lot of people up once we get to health issues. And it's like, God, why aren't you providing for me? Why did you not yeah. protect me from this? All those types of things. Why does this continue to happen? Even though I've gone through, you know, the, the necessary health changes, mm-hmm. you know, it's, continual reliance upon him ministers to me and ministers to others in a gigantic way. Yeah. It's so, so true. Uh, When I am weak, then I am strong. Second Corinthians 12 verse 10. What area of your life might the world see as a weakness, but you can say with certainty that you've seen the power of Christ put on display. 312-274-9624. Want to put faces to their names? Just follow Carl and Crew Mornings on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget, that's Carl with a K. You know, I have friends that I first started out my career. They were a young couple. They were engaged. We were all working in the same newsroom. And then shortly after, they got married and then they had kids. And you know, I've stayed loosely in contact with them through over the years, you know, maybe a touch point here and there, Facebook friends, but they were such, they had such awesome faith. And a couple of years ago, you know, they, they had three kids and they had a little girl uh, named Joy. And a couple of years ago, they, they posted on Facebook that they had received a difficult diagnosis, that she had um, a form of childhood cancer. Mm-hmm. And they chose to kind of share a lot of their journey with joy with the world. And it was really one of the most faith building things that I've seen because they didn't just share the, the highs. Mm -hmm. They they would share the highs and the lows everything through blogs and through pictures and through, and they would, they, talked about their faith so naturally and so freely, the times when they were struggling to understand, the times where they were seeing God in it despite the difficulty. And, you know, and I, as a fellow believer, I was so challenged and blessed. And as I watched and, you know, there there are little girls in remission and she's doing awesome. I got to see her out at an event about a year and a half ago. And, but the way that I saw people who, who didn't have any faith respond to their faith, yeah. you could yeah. tell how much of an impact that they were making in the lives of so many people based on the comments and based on the feedback that they were getting. I wanted to like cheer from, I just, I found myself cheering for them, not like audibly, but yeah. with every part of me, like, yeah. 
Yeah. They were living it out in a way that I thought I have not seen this many times. Sure. And I think it's it's real because, you know, with with difficulty in faith, with questions in faith, if we don't share those, sometimes we we do a detriment to people who don't know Christ and to people who are just becoming Christians that, you know, if God doesn't provide every, you know, facet of of health and safety to you at all moments, then there's some type of problem. Yeah. Either it's with you or it's with him. And and so I do think that sometimes we do a disservice by keeping those things under lock and yeah. key. Yeah. And the more we share them, the more we can show people, hey, faith is a journey and it doesn't mean that it's easy, but it does mean that even through my questioning, I'm going to trust God. And seeing that lived out faithfully is one of the best things that you can do for ministry. It really is. And they're, I mean, I, and I, and I told them when I got to see them that just how blessed I was and how, how confident I was that God was, was using this story yeah. that, that they mm-hmm. didn't know from day to day, from week to week, from an appointment to appointment, how mm-hmm. things were going to go, but yet they chose to allow people to see them in their weakness to boast in their weakness yeah. so that the power of Christ would be put on display. Yeah. This is second Corinthians 12, nine. I saw them live out, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my powers made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. How have you seen God use weakness? What the world would see as weakness, hardship, maybe calamity, something that you've had to endure, but you saw the power of Christ rest upon you, put on display. 312-274-9624. Let's go to Kimberly from Highland Park. Kimberly, tell me, how have you seen this in your life where an area of weakness God has used to display his strength? Um. Solitude and abandonment. I raised two children by myself, and we were pretty much abandoned by family, friends, everything. And what was white a white knuckle experience? Uh, my kids are grown now. The Lord, I, I feel like I was given a gift, even though it was terrifying, because it is true when you only have Jesus and no one else, He shows up in the most amazing ways that other people don't get to experience because they've never had that complete, oh my gosh, I have two children and no one to help us. And wow. time after time after time, he showed up, you know, just when I think my knees are going to give out, even bringing a daughter out of heroin addiction and setting her feet on a solid rock. And now she follows Christ. I didn't do that. Yeah. He did that. Wow. Wow. Kimberly from Highland Park, thank you for that. Wow. No words. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. What situation in your life do you need to apply that verse to today? Boom Crew, celebrate what God is doing in you. This is Carl and Crew Mornings. So what is that weakness? A thing that maybe like Paul, you pleaded with the Lord that it should leave you, but that you've heard from the Lord that my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. 
Is that true for you? 312-274-9624. Irene from Oaklawn, tell me, what area of your life might the world see as a weakness, but you've seen God's strength put on display? Well, I have a husband who has Parkinson's, Mm. and he's had it for 20 years, which has been um, a lot of ups and downs. Initially, I wasn't close to the Lord. So I tried to get away with not taking care of him by letting him be in a supportive living and then assisted living. But then I rededicated my life to the Lord, and I have found such joy in caring for this man. I've really, it's changed me into a different person. People tell me, don't put him first. Think of yourself. And I'm like, you know what? I take care of myself, but he's precious, and I'm Jesus's hands and feet. So I love taking care of him and I have, I'm giving up my life for him because that's what Jesus would do. And it has sent me to spiritual formation with Nancy Kane. I'm in precepts. I mean, my whole life is just revolved around God. And I thank the Lord for what he's done in this difficulty. Irene from Oaklawn. Thank you. I'm going to, I'm going to pray for you, Irene, being a caregiver. I'm not sure that there's a harder calling. Uh, earthly calling. Lord, for for Irene and for other caregivers, Lord, for those who are caring for those in their lives who are suffering, who are ill. Lord, I just pray that, just as this verse says, Lord, that your power would be made perfect, your strength would be made perfect in their weakness, Lord, that you would give them your strength, oh God, that you would give them a joy in it, as Irene so beautifully put, Lord, that there would be a a joy, a supernatural joy that the world would not understand. Lord, the world can make no sense of of an attitude that says, I would gladly sacrifice because that's what Jesus would do. Lord, what a picture of faith, God. Would you strengthen Irene? Would you strengthen others who are in a similar position today, God, who are gladly boasting in their weakness and clinging to you? Lord, thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow. Second Corinthians 12, if you're feeling weak today, if there's some area of your life that you have continued to plead with the Lord, you know what? I think it's okay to, for two things to exist, that you both boast in your weakness, accept that his grace is sufficient, and also continue to pray that he would take it from you. I think both can exist. I think God is good with that, that you, yeah. Lord, if it's your will that you take it from me, But while I wait, I'll continue to boast in my weakness that your power would be put on display. It's Carlin Crew Mornings. Hey, this is Carl with Carlin Crew, and I'm so grateful that you listened to this showcast. Thank you mostly for being part of the Boom Crew. As we help you take your next step with Jesus, you're a huge encouragement to us. We'll be here again live every weekday morning from 5 to 9 a.m. Godspeed.